0: killing animals
3: how do i start it Brittany? my name
0: <laughs> does my hair look okay it's fantastic my name is mike axelrod start again yeah i hated it too
2: <laughs> Rex, you said something in the car to me you said that you were living on borrowed time hmm. there's a perception around who hunters are what we're supposed to be and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Mimu Some runs a non-profit in Kenya called the Wild Now Foundation, an organization keenly interested in engaging the youth in wildlife conservation. Some is a phenomenal young 19-year-old woman. She's a keen conservationist, obviously starting this non-profit, has been on the local Kenyan TEDx speaking platform, and as you will see from our conversation, is incredibly intelligent, mature beyond her years, and full of questions when it comes to hunting. You see, Somai reached out to us via DM and suggested the notion of hunting was questionable. So I asked her if she'd be willing to get on a podcast where she could ask me anything she wanted about hunting. So this is what ensued. I think what's most incredible about Somae is that she came into this conversation with a completely open mind. Listen, we could learn something from Somae. And I can guarantee you that this will not be the last time we hear from Somae on this podcast. good morning
3: hello hi how are you
2: i'm fantastic how are you
3: I'm good how was thanksgiving
2: uh it was awesome uh we have no covid which is amazing number one
0: really well it's just going
2: it's going crazy right now in america man so it's uh no thanksgiving was great it was really good it was good to you know i've been um You know, it's funny, I've been traveling around the world since I was 17 years old, and my whole family actually now lives in Australia. Mm -hmm. And uh, my wife's family lives in Memphis, Tennessee, which is about seven hours from where I am right
0: now. Mm -hmm.
2: And uh, it was good to be with family. And I just have not been with family for a long, long time. And it makes you reconsider sort of your life priorities, you know?
3: Yeah, that's that's nice. <coughs> Personally, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Of course not. But I think every day it's something to be thankful for, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And the family we'll be having our first Thanksgiving this Saturday, just to also thank God that we're also healthy. We are still together. Um, I'm I'm still young. I'm 19, so I still stay with my parents. Awesome. My siblings, yeah. That uh, is very, awesome. Big Huge. So there's a lot to be thankful for. And you are
2: in Nairobi?
3: Yeah, yeah. Right now I'm in Nairobi. When you were talking, I was in uh, Masai Mara. That's why it was so windy and all. But yeah, right now I'm in Nairobi. I I just cleared my diploma last year, but I decided to take a gap year. I'm supposed to be joining uni, going to study global challenges and wildlife conservation. Major global challenges and wildlife conservation in Rwanda so I'm going next year because of COVID I couldn't join this year and uh, what I do is my whole life has been around wildlife literally I don't know if you've been to Kenya but I grew up in Lake Kipia one of the best destinations for wildlife and I, I one thing that you guys have highlighted a lot is on human wildlife conflict and I literally experienced that firsthand like our house was centered just next to the forest. And every day when I was like a kid, like three years, four years, we'd have elephants roaming around at night. It was, it was for me, someone who loves animals, of course, this was thrilling. But for the people, oh. it, was, it was not um, something that was very exciting for them. And I had experienced brutal ways to overcome that conflict. So in a way, I kind of got nurtured into conservation and the different issues at a very young age. Um, my whole family, they've centered al- around like Kipia Conservancy. Then when I moved to Nairobi, when we well, were like 10 years, when I was personally 10 years, I started working with Kenya Wildlife Services, and volunteering, that is, in the animal orphanage, to just keep myself busy and also just get a few basic. Um, and right now, we just recently turned one. <laughs> So I always say on paper, we've been there for just like one year, a couple of months, but as Some, I don't know if you actually, so many people have an issue saying my name, but yeah, my name is Somer, and I've been doing it for like 17 years, if I can say. So in a well, nutshell, Sorry. Awesome. the <laughs> thank story. Well, you. you are
2: awesome. And uh, I'm so glad that someone like you is, mm-hmm. uh, taking this mantle on because it is you're right it's about the youth right and uh yeah my background is i'm i was born and raised in south africa i was uh i lived in south africa until i was 24. i fell in love with swamps and wetlands in the okavango delta and Mm -hmm. i've studied my entire life to be a wetland ecologist and so i came to the united states to do a phd Mm
1: -hmm. i got a
2: phd in the united states and my um Pretty much, my day job is is doing restoration ecology, conservation type work, and you're absolutely right. All the things that you you listed, conservation spaces, foreigners, is wealthy, is yeah. older people. You know, you nailed it on the head. You know, yeah. Okay. Um, and so, on my as a as a passion project, I'm obviously keenly interested in conservation as well, in wildlife conservation. I've got two young boys and. I want those two young boys to see the wildlife that is Africa because that was, that's in my blood, you know, that, that thing of Africa is under my skin. Um, and so I don't want, you know, I want that to be there for my kids one day. And I, you know, we started blood origins and blood origins is, is a hunting heritage project and really what it's supposed to do. And this is why we're having this conversation, which is, I'm, I'm so grateful for, so grateful for. And that is um, there's a perception around hunting that we are just bloodlusting killers that just come in and rape the, the landscape. And you're and you're right, you know, it's it's a perception. We have a PR problem, Someth. I know it. That's why we do our project. And the and the perception is rich white foreigners coming to the soils. I get it. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna beat around the bush. I'm gonna tell it how it is. And so mm-hmm. we as, as a project, and we're a, 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 a non-for-profit organization as well, because so I wanna show what we really do. I wanna show the benefits of what hunting does for people, for wildlife, for conservation. But I also don't want to be naive, to put us on a pedestal that is, we are the greatest thing since sliced bread and you can't do anything else without it. So um, I'm so grateful for you reaching out over Instagram yeah. and saying, man, I really want to understand this a little bit more, and that's what we're here for.
3: I, I love how you've just described hunting because literally that's how I see it. I don't I remember um, I was watching a couple of your videos and trying to find the justification of hunting and conservation and i can't see it that you come to a national park you kill an elephant and the same way you come in is the same way you live it just doesn't make sense because wildlife just even minus ecology and all the science itself these are species that we as africans are very proud to have. It's basically our heritage. And in no way whatsoever, even as old as that animal might be, is a person supposed to come in and take its life. That's literally like legal poaching. I don't see the difference between hunting and um, poaching. Maybe just with a small incentive. we'll start there
2: so hunting and poaching there's to me massive massive differences number one one is legal and one is illegal number one if the government says and puts laws in place and I will say this if something is legal doesn't make it ethical
0: Exactly.
2: okay but it is legal versus Mm -hmm. it being an illegal activity so poaching is illegal hunting is legal Poaching is non-selective. And when I say non-selective, it, it just, it's indiscriminate in terms of what it does and what it takes. It takes any animals, male, female, right? Poaching has no um, conservation side to its thought pattern, to its consciousness. Poaching yeah. doesn't think about, I want more wildlife. They want to rape wildlife. They just want to take it out because what it is, is it's being used for an illicit or legal purpose. It's either to generate funding to generate money for someone or generate money for someone else. That's the whole cycle of poaching.
0: No.
2: And so to me, that, those are very clear differences and the objective, yeah. the objective of that individual is not purposeful in in terms of its conservation space. So now let's talk about hunting. That individual that comes to hunt, that foreigner that comes to hunt, that purpose, that person's purpose may not be for conservation. That that person's purpose, and I can't change that. I can't change the motivation of an individual to come to Africa to hunt. However, and that's unfortunate because that's what everyone sees. Yeah. But what I want to focus on is the consequence of that individual that does come to hunt. So if you look across, and I can give you many, many examples, Mozambique, Zimbabwe, obviously we can't talk about Kenya because it's illegal to hunt in Kenya, Tanzania. There are many, many places that because of hunting, several things happen. You have the opportunity for the meat, the provision of protein, to communities, to rural communities, because of that animal. Yeah. Number two, you've got jobs and economic development and access to medical and access to schools and the building of schools. Mm-hmm. You've also got a sustainable wildlife management tool in place, which I think is the most critical. I think at the at the core of at the core of hunting, if you asked us, Robbie, what's the what would be the ultimate goal of hunting? My response to you would be we want more wildlife. And my method, of, my method of getting more wildlife is putting value on that one individual that's likely going to die in Mother Nature in the next two to three years, right? It's not going to live forever. And it's going to die probably a very cruel, violent death. That's what Mother Nature is. She's she's cruel and she's violent, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So why not take value out of that resource and so that it can perpetuate its own species tenfold or a hundredfold? So that's what I want. I want more wildlife. And my tool to do that Mm
0: -hmm.
2: is hunting. It's not the only tool. But to me, that is a tool. And I'd ask you, Sone, what's the purpose of wild now? My gut would be that you would say, I want more wildlife. Of
0: course.
2: I want to sustain wildlife. And so I think, see, this is the beauty about it is that you may not agree with hunting,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but our goals are the same. And I can show you where hunting doesn't decimate populations.
3: Ahead. I think I, I think hunters. Um, These are perceptions that I, maybe you can change, but I think hunters want more wildlife, just like conservationists. But the reason you want more wildlife is not to make nature thrive, but to have more wildlife to hunt. And you pointed out on selection: the difference between poaching and hunting is on selection. And that's actually one of my biggest issues with hunting, because the countries that you've even mentioned, if you compare the different species like elephants in Lake Kipia and elephants in Zimbabwe or Namibia or Tanzania, there's a very big difference with even their tasks. Why? Because you've taken out the genes of this specific creature that people are known, to have been the greatest or the biggest elephant that's about to die in the next two to three years so therefore there's a degradation in terms of genes for the species and maybe even in the next few years um there's an article that i was reading in namibia that elephants wouldn't even be as big as we see it to be right now so that's one issue about hunting that i have
2: so can i address Um, the janet can i address that point so that gets get that gets brought up a lot
3: mm-hmm. that
2: this idea that hunting mm-hmm. is reducing tusk size in elephants is becoming making elephants tuskless
3: no. also for lions like the bigger they, the bigger exactly. the exactly
2: no no you're absolutely right it, the whole yeah. genetic debate right yeah. yes. i will put two seeds of thought that i want you to consider i don't want to change your mind right now but i want you mm-hmm. to think about it because i think that you are an individual that likes to think Number one, if an elephant or a lion or any animal is at mm-hmm. the end of its age, 10, 11, 12, elephants, 50, 60, 70, yeah. that animal has bred its genetics already into the population. It's, mm-hmm. not, its genetics are not changing. The genetics that it's putting into the population is not changing. And so when you take that animal out of the population, you're not changing the genetics that is that is fostering the new next generation it has already occurred number 1 number 2 hunting and you mentioned it do we want more wildlife to hunt yes and no because the quota of hunters mm-hmm. the the quota that we take off of an off, off of a place
0: mm-hmm. is
2: tiny it's a 1% or 2% of the population only
0: mm-hmm.
2: elephants and lions when it comes to, again, the whole idea that we're skewing something, we're skewing size, we're skewing yeah. genetics, we're skewing tusks. Yeah. You've got to remember that, like for instance, in Botswana, let's use Botswana as an example. Botswana has a population, elephant population of 130,000 elephants right now. Mm-hmm. The quota that Botswana put in place to hunt
0: yeah. was
2: 250 elephants. That's okay. 0.1% of the population. So if you're only touching 0.1% of the population, what is actually happening? What's, What's actually causing, what is the cause then of these shifts? It's not hunting that's causing the shifts. What it is is poaching, is the illegal offtake of indiscriminate selection of animals. So when you start talking about killing elephants or killing lions when they're one years old, a lion one, two, three, four years old, or elephants when they're in their teenage years, 10, 20, 30, when they've got small tusks, I'm Mm -hmm. absolutely 100% in the same boat that you are in. That is going to cause over time a genetic shift in the population because you're taking out that younger age class of animal that does not have the opportunity to put its genetics back into the population.
3: um, I don't know if these countries that have legalized hunting, there seems to be, I don't think they've been able to fully eradicate poaching, but there seems to be a link of the more uh, trophy hunting um, is participated in a specific country. There's also a space or a market for poaching because the communities, I'm assuming if my community back in Lakeipia knew how much a task of elephant might go, Um, majority of the people want to be involved because you can't um, blame these people the situations that they are going through so isn't hunting giving them the space to even consider poaching because they don't have the opportunity to participate in trophy hunting and then at the same time um, you find out that these specific communities are given incentives that i wouldn't really consider to be incentives for Africans. I remember the, when I, the first video that's attracted me to blood origins, I think that's what I had replied to was um, it was talking about the, I, I don't know if they the, the conservationists in Zimbabwe. And they just briefly highlighted on some of the motivations that they're getting from hunting. And you've mentioned on, on uh, meats. And I'm really thinking, is that really something to motivate Africans that I'm getting proteins at the end of this. Is is, is there a way that you guys as hunters can improve your incentives? Because these are things that are also being achieved from ecotourism um, on boreholes, education, and fencing to overcome human wildlife conflicts here in Kenya. Um, And all that is a sustainable model where human beings are benefiting from and also animals are being kept away from wildlife but with hunting there's not there's no much motivation that i can see that would pursue someone to consider this happening in their communities and with the amount of hunting and poaching that's going on well i just don't see it as sustainable in the long run
2: so there are many many areas across Zambia, Namibia. Namibia has a phenomenal community-based natural resource management operation, Mm -hmm. right? The Game Products Trust Fund has received over 11 million dollars from hunting that then gets plowed back into the national parks, paying for fencing in national parks, paying for all sorts of community benefits. I think the, I think, you know, it's an, the, the correlation between hunting and poaching, I, I don't think I've ever seen it. Um, to me, it's almost the opposite. When, say you've got an area and there's a hunting outfit in place in the area,
0: mm-hmm.
2: the whole reason why that model works is that the people of that area mm-hmm. realize more value from the wildlife. And it's, a, and it's a sustainable model because money comes in from people playing for the value of the animal and the value of the animals is is more than just the protein it's all the things that you just described because of that hunter coming in it's the protein mm-hmm. of the animal it's the boreholes that they just got drilled in their village it is the fencing that they get to fence out the animals from the mashambas mm-hmm. it is education it mm-hmm. is uh, all of these things and so when i look at that and I say, okay, let's let's take your model and let's take hunting out. Yeah. Let's take hunting out of this community. What then? What happens then? You either two things are gonna happen. Number us? one, there will be balance.
0: Yeah, with what with what?
2: No, Is there it? will not be balance. You said <laughs> you said it yourself. You said it yourself. There's gonna be human wildlife conflict. And when human wildlife conflict occurs.
3: Ecotourism, that is. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, no,
2: I agree. So, there's certain areas.
3: hunting, yeah. There's certain
2: areas, absolutely certain areas lend themselves very, very well to ecotourism. Masai Mara, Serengeti, all those things lend themselves to ecotourism. I'm talking about places in rural Zambia, rural Mozambique, that no ecotourist will ever want to go. And here's why. It's too far to travel. It costs too much. It's full of tsetse flies. (laughs) And the wildlife density is very low. And you're not going to see the animals. And ecotourism is a volume business. Remember this, right? So for every 70, according to the statistics, you need for every 70 tourists Mm -hmm. equals the cost of one hunter in terms of the money being brought in. So I agree with you. I think I'm not, again, remember the way I started this conversation, hunting is not the panacea to solve all wildlife management issues. I think that there's, and Namibia shows it beautifully. Namibia blends ecotourism and hunting very, very well together because they see the benefits of both. Ecotourism, there's certainly benefits to ecotourism, but there's certainly benefits to hunting in certain places. All the things that you just described, All the things that ecotourism brings, balance and fencing and boreholes and all those things, hunting brings that too. It's just a different value model of essentially a consumptive use model of the wildlife that strikes a balance of utility of the wildlife itself to be sustainable for generations to come.
3: You've just mentioned a few locations have their drawbacks as to why they can't really... Um, 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 have ecotourism, if I can say. And uh, from where I grew up in Lake Kipia, I think that location serves as one of the examples because it was a really rural community. And a uh, few months ago, when we were trying to just brainstorm as a team on how to go about um, elephant, uh, human wildlife conflicts with the elephants in Lake Kipia. Uh, we remembered that in Zimbabwe, I had read an article about uh, chilies and honey and bees and all this. the fact that bees and, and elephants just can't coexist. And this brings me to think that, aren't there better models that we can think about for these communities that are in, that are in a faraway away land that can benefit them themselves from coexisting with wildlife? And with Laikipia, we we are trying to now nurture communities to now grow more chilies and a few communities to start harvest, start beekeeping and harvesting honey to just keep away the elephants. And they've learned and embraced wildlife. I posted, I don't know if you uh, follow my Instagram, but I just posted like a couple of days ago, some community, um, uh, our neighbor, if I can say, was visited by an elephant. And these guys have literally understood that humans mean no harm and elephants mean no harm because of this simple model of chilies and 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 beekeeping so they keep their distance because of the and because of the bees and they benefit from the honey and the elephants also stay away from humans so i'm thinking why can't we have models that are going to be sustainable for the communities and themselves instead of going out of our way to kill a lion or an elephant and
2: I'm going to follow you, by the way, this is you, right?
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's okay.
2: (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to follow you. Yeah.
3: I'll share share that. I'll share that clip with you later on. But yeah, I I agree. I
2: like the model. I absolutely like the model and your question Mm -hmm. is why can't we do it more?
3: Yeah.
2: My question to you, who's, who's paying for that?
3: That's a really good question. That's a really good question. And you've just mentioned that Blood Origins is also a nonprofit profit Yes? Correct. Like guys, for you to do what you do, uh, most times you'll also depend on fundings to even help the communities. Correct. That's no different from all these other conservation organizations as well as now the same case. So why look for funds as Blood Origins? Why don't you look for funds and look for sustainable ways of taking care of wildlife instead of healing. And something else when, cause I've noticed on your Instagram, you're trying to build this um, acceptance for mm-hmm. hunters.
0: Absolutely. And
3: bringing out their personal stories, Very why they're hunters, it has a lot of emotions, which is a good thing for, for people to understand the other side of hunting. But don't you think you are also bringing on board a lot of people to have the perception? Cause I'm thinking, if I wasn't a conservationist, and a 19 year old uh, friend of mine will listen to your story. Who'd like, Oh my god, I I, I I, want to go kill some lions tomorrow. I want to, you they will have that mentality that this is an a sport. When in real sense, I don't really see it as a sport because a sport has to be a battle between one team and another. You guys have the opportunity to go on the ground and just shoot any animal without any warning. So I, I, I see it to be very brutal, and it gives young people, even kids, because this is a family. You also have that family um, You have that family energy that comes out of blood origins that it's been going on for generations and generations to come. When in real sense, what we are trying to do as conservationists is, is to nurture the kids, even as wild now, to just nurture the kids to love the small things, from the bees to the birds to the elephants. But we have this other side of the story where it says that you can take a gun and go kill a lion. So I, I, I think it brings about a lot of controversy on embracing nature for what it is. And there's a lot of benefits that comes out of nature besides killing it.
2: Well, and I would that's say the number side one that
3: i noticed blood origins is not really highlighting on. Yeah.
2: Well, number one, you are amazing because all the things that you have just articulated to me is exactly what I wanted to bring out in Blood Origins. And for someone who does not like hunting to see mm-hmm. it, I want to mm-hmm. say thank you. Yeah. Number two, number two, you're right. The perception of hunting like you have just articulated to me because you have, you have formulated a perspective and opinion on hunting from what you've seen. And this is the first interaction you've had with someone who's, who's thought about hunting and what it means to me. And, and I'm not trying to change your mind, Somé, but I want you to think. And that's all, I'm, that's all we do in Blood Origins is make someone think. And you're absolutely right. Can someone jump out of a truck with it being unfair to the animal and shoot it and kill it? Yes. Do I condone that? No. And here's the reason why, is that when you say a sport is a battle, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: hunting is a battle. Hunting is a battle between someone like me who's completely inferior, even if I have a weapon, even if I have a gun, okay?
0: Mm
2: -hmm. I would, what's unbeknownst to you is that I've been hunting, say, the last 10 days. How many things do you think I've killed in the last 10 days? Zero. Why is that? Because I haven't won. I didn't. I didn't go out and find the animal. I couldn't find the animal. That's what. Hum, that's what hunting is. Hunting is finding and searching and chasing. That's the definition of hunting. That's why we are hunters, not killers.
3: I don't think so. I think hunting has changed. I remember um, my 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 dad, my mm-hmm. grandmother used to tell us that they used to, when they used to do like hunting and gathering because of mm-hmm. my community, that's what we were known for. They would literally go on the ground and fight a lion. That's hunting. That's uh, The definition of hunting in the modern world has changed to um, having a gun and you guys are monitoring this leopard or lion for particular days and on that day when you finally know that you have it you can finally go and shoot it down Mm -hmm. it causes a lot of um disadvantage from for the animal because why is it
2: disadvantage to the animal tell me why they
3: they don't know that they're being watched they don't have they
2: do they don't you you don't think that they know they don't you don't think that they know that someone's in their environment
3: they are always caught off guard they are grazing and all of a sudden they are gone so I don't think that's really a sport. I don't. I feel like the first thing I would change of in terms of trophy hunting is recognizing it as a sport. It's really not a sport. We can keep it as trophy hunting, but lo- let's not categorize it. as... I wouldn't
2: even call it trophy hunting. I would call it selective hunting.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Trophy hunting is a terrible name. It's a terrible word.
3: Well, that's what you guys do. You get something out of it. It's trophy, and you go. It's um, a memory.
0: That, when you that, go
3: That brings me to my next point. I was just going to mention this, but um, you brought it up or the fact that even the, for example, the ivory yourselves that you guys um, get from trophy hunting, maybe you can expound a bit more on it. But when I was reading about um, tasks in Tanzania, you can even go for let's say $50,000 to $70,000. That's like 7 million Kenyan shillings. And Growing up in Lake Hippia, the Borana cow literally goes for $50,000. And I'm thinking, are you guys going to equate a cow to an elephant? Can't you guys do better? This is a, this is a, it's an elephant. It's as majestic as it is. It needs to be respected for its looks, how much of importance brings to the ecosystem. But mm-hmm the trophy hunters, besides the incentives that I mentioned earlier, what you're getting, what they're bringing in terms of uh, money is very little, very, very little in conservation. So, When you say
2: very little in conservation, what do you mean? Because in my mind, there's a lot of money that goes back into conservation.
3: I don't think so. I don't think there's... Other what do you stuff. know
2: about, how, how much do you think goes back into conservation in Tanzania?
3: If, it's, if, it's, if the tusks itself goes for 50000
2: Nobody's selling, you can't sell tusks.
3: $1,000. Turn
2: out, turn out, turn out. You can't sell tusks.
3: What do you guys sell? What you do know? you guys do with
2: it? The If someone was to hunt an elephant mm-hmm. and get the tusks, they keep it for themselves. There's no selling of the tusks.
3: But we've had hunters mentioning that they've um, made uh, maybe different things from their uh, animal skin, and the rest they sell if they want.
2: No, untrue.
3: You're not allowed to sell tasks.
2: You're not allowed to. It's illegal.
3: So
1: Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way, with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced sync control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to midwayusa.com.
3: What do you do to, once you've killed, A giraffe, for example. The story that I even followed up on was in the lady from South Africa who killed the Mm -hmm. giraffe and Mm -hmm. she made this whole case for her gun. Yeah. And the other parts of the giraffe, she sold it. She didn't sell it. How do you justify a hunter who just sold?
2: If she did sell it?
3: Or is it a personal decision or is it a law that mm. you guys are not supposed to sell?
2: Yeah, it's one, it's a law. For certain animal species, depending on CITES, right? CITES is the trading of. Inter- of I, I,
3: I know you're not supposed to sell. You're not supposed to kill the rhinos, if I'm not wrong, or anything in regards to the rhinos. But I know for sure that there's something that comes from the tusks of an elephant and other big five, yeah. other animals.
2: That's all illegal. It would be all. It would be very, very illegal to do that, and I'm not saying that have hunters in the past sold? their tusks? a tuss- I don't know. But what I can speak to is that, mm-hmm. let's use elephant as an example, let's stick with elephants. Yeah. That, yeah. that product coming out of an elephant belongs to that hunter and is registered to that hunter. That hunter cannot do anything with it, but put it in his house and do with it what he wants in his house. There's no other, there's no other forms of sale The money that was paid for that elephant goes back into the community in Tanzania. 25%, depending on where you are in Tanzania, it's from 25% to 35% goes back into the local community. In other areas, the remainder of the money, minus the outfitter fees, goes back to the national government for games and for game and fish or game and parks. I don't know what Tanzania actually calls it. Um, Mm -hmm. But the selling of product Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: giraffe, I'd have to look giraffe is now on appendix two yeah, people can make their gun cases like that lady did out of South Africa, but she would not be, let me say this. Let me generalizing a, a little bit. Nobody goes to Africa. There's no hunter that goes to Africa to say, I'm going to kill X and Y. I'm going to bring it back and I'm going to sell bits and pieces of that animal. It doesn't, that doesn't happen.
3: seen a lot of that from hunters um even if you
2: have i want to see it because i've never
3: i'll I'll definitely share these links with you i'll share everything about hunting from it. the knowledge that i have on hunting i think i just these few weeks after coming up uh, coming across blood origins is when i did my research like deeply on it because i wouldn't expect to find an organization that openly says oh we are hunters and we go to the ground and kill elephants so Very fascinating. So I'll share a bit of what I got and hopefully you can answer. Absolutely. And Um, look, I hope
2: this is not the um, first, I hope this is not the the last conversation between you and me because you know what's, what's needed in this world more mm somewhere is amicable dialogue between people.
3: Oh, yes. I, 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 I love this because um, first of all, it's coming from a very mature perspective. I, I think if, majority of the conservation is that i know a lot of young people i brought this question in um World now's page and it was a no no it's not even a discussion why are we having this discussion so having a discussion as myself as a conservationist having this discussion with the hunter is literally it's, it's something I hadn't imagined, but I'm liking how it's going, because I'm also learning something new. I just recently learned that you guys don't sell, or it's not legal to sell tasks. I don't know. I don't think many people know that. It's important for people to know that. You know, that's
2: an, a very important, you know, one of the things that we obviously want to do is we want to explain things, right? Because, yeah, and I think that's, you just given me an idea like, hey, let me explain what happens here. Yeah. You know?
3: Yeah. Yeah, because out, out of context, how, how people see it, uh, how people see hunting, uh, I can assure you, especially even here in Kenya, why it's not legal is, well, the first thing is just on the incentives itself. Secondly, it's foreigners are going to benefit out of our own wildlife. They're going to sell the tasks. Third of all, um, it's our wildlife why is it that we're waiting for them to come take it kill it and then sell it when we can't do it ourselves so those are like the three stereotypes that you have around um um hunting and of course it's just not ethical i don't know how you go about ethics because i don't see you guys conquering that anytime soon i personally- let me ask you
2: a question let me ask you a question in terms of ethics number one let me ask let me say this there's a the majority of elephant hunts across Africa mm-hmm. are actually non-export elephant hunts
0: mm-hmm. and what
2: that means is you can't take anything with you yeah everything stays in the country um even the tusks but then the tusks aren't even then they can't do anything with it that's why people have stockpiles of elephant tusks everywhere because you can't mm-hmm. sell it the government can't even sell it okay yeah. Yeah. um let me ask you something do you eat meat
3: weirdly no no, and it's not because I'm, I love animals or I'm a conservationist. It's just I'm allergic to white uh, proteins, but I don't mind. Okay, I hold
2: on, hold on. on. So you're allergic to, you're allergic to, to um, beef proteins, beef pr- fat proteins?
3: Too much of it, I guess. I like Have you
2: that. tried wild game? No. Because I'll say this. I interviewed, I want, and I'll send you a link. We interviewed a guy in season one of Blood Origins. His name is Jeremiah Doughty. He's in California. Mm-hmm. He developed a massive allergy to beef and he turned to wild game and changed his, he, he, was, he was really unhealthy. He's like, I don't know what to do. And he got yeah. introduced to bison, like farm-raised yeah. bison
0: yeah,
2: and he could tolerate it and he could add protein back into his system because of wild game. So you talk about ethics. I just said that because I'm just it's it's I've seen it happen with a lot of people. What's interesting is the reason I asked you why you if you ate meat, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: it's almost that's the the hardest thing for me to grasp sometimes is when I deal with you know a lot of people who don't like hunting. Mm -hmm. And they say, I don't like hunting, but I like my steak every night. And I'm like, so you're okay with someone else killing your meat for you Mm -hmm. versus you going out and finding and getting your own meat. The way I like to talk about ethics is ethics are gray. Mm -hmm. Ethics are subjective, Mm -hmm. right? Legality is very black and white. It's legal or it's illegal. Ethics are all based on your personal preference, background, and culture. Mm -hmm. For me, my ethics are very different than other hunters' ethics. And I think the bad rap that we get as hunters is because there's always going to be a bad apple in the barrel that has bad ethics and nobody it's it's time to our new cycle the good ethics are never brought to the never brought to the limelight the bad ethics are always brought to the limelight so
3: okay. yeah, go ahead um i I remember, I had this conversation with uh, my brother, and I I was trying to think of the sport side of hunting and how we can make it a bit ethical. Because I, I I'm very open-minded. I like understanding both sides of the story. So when we were talking about the biggest issues that hunters have is on ethics, I tried solving that problem for you guys. In this way, and maybe you can correct me because it's what you you yourself you do. My issue with ethics is on how brutal it is.
2: Okay, what's brutal about and it? I'm gonna. I wanna. I wanna poke because we've been thinking about killing,
3: it. The the killing itself, and but but the fact that you guys are killing an animal that's about to die in the next few months, in the next two years or so, it's not an issue. Other than the genes itself. It's, it's but you're okay,
2: let me ask this, I, I need to, this is a very, very important point, and I apologize for cutting in on you. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: but you're okay with slaughterhouses and cattle and chickens and all that kind of stuff being being killed? No, okay. no I'm
0: not okay with it. But I do you think, think
2: do you equate those two things together? Do you see them as the same thing?
3: No. No, I studied.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm asking you, do you no. think a slaughterhouse ethically from a killing perspective is the same as a hunter killing
3: yes yes they are both they're both wrong yeah that one you can agree on
2: okay i would say that i i i would disagree
3: i when i was small i i I, I saw a goat being killed and i don't know it just crushed me i don't like seeing animals being brutally killed so i don't know so i see it as the same okay how it's done just out of this world so, so to know, me just to
2: just ask to 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 me there is a difference number one the animal that we're taking has lived a free life has lived as good a healthier life as it possibly can out in the wild mm-hmm. when it's taken it knows nothing
3: that one is supposed to be eaten it's good for your body these ones are supposed to be wild
2: yeah there's but in the ethic of killing like let's focus on the killing I cannot think of a more ethical way to take an animal Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: to hunt it because it doesn't know, it's not stressed, it's not panicked, it's lived a great life, it's lived a long life and when you take that animal's life it doesn't know that it's 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 being taken versus the slaughterhouses and whatnot. That's why hunters like for me here in America all of the meat in this house comes from animals from the wild, because I also know that it's healthy for me. I also know that it's a more ethical, and I say more ethical because to someone who doesn't eat meat that views killing abhorrent across the board, it's difficult to accept. I get it. but To me, we have tried to make that the most ethical way to get meat if i choose to be a meat eater Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i want to do the most ethical thing i can possibly do
3: um is that okay sorry i think i'll come back to my question but is that a reason why um in america compared to africa there's a lot of there are no animals in america you literally just have little bits of oh my gosh Bisons. Oh my gosh, you, hunting. no,
0: no, yeah. Do you know how much, do you know how much wildlife
2: we you have in
3: America? Taken out your wildlife, and I'm thinking if you come to Africa, if you come to a point where we'll just have um antelopes and zebras, just the herbivores. You guys will ke- clear out all our big five because of <laughs> hunting, yeah. No,
2: no. I'll say, I let me explain you something
3: to you. Finished your bison and now you're coming to finish our buffalo. End. <laughs> no, That's look,
2: I, I, I can yeah. see that I can see that but look let me let me give you some other some information that you would love
0: mm-hmm.
2: wildlife conservation in America today is mm-hmm. the best it has been in 150 years
3: in what
2: way? Um, the bison for instance right the bison when you look at bison as an example bison wasn't that Yes, there were market hunters that took bison to almost extinction. But there were no legal regulations on the sustainable use of that animal. It was driven by the demand for bison fur out of the urban centers of New York. That's why they got slaughtered. Until wildlife management protocols and regulations were put in place, wildlife was getting decimated. And to us, that wasn't that wasn't the... This, this generation of hunters, yeah. that's not what we do. But you look at turkeys, elk, pronghorn antelope, white-tailed deer, bighorn mm-hmm. sheep, every mm-hmm. single wildlife population in America is flourishing because mm-hmm. of hunters and hunting, because of the models that have been put in place. So I'll give you an example. There's two things that are put in place in America for wildlife conservation. Number one is an act called the Pittman-Robertson Act. What the Pittman-Robertson Act does is it has put on a tax, an 11% tax on all hunting, apparel, guns, ammunition, everything. So Hunters said, we're willing to pay more. Take that money and give it to all the state wildlife agencies so that they can buy land, they can do research on wildlife, they can conserve wildlife and sustain wildlife. Yeah. Number two, all of our tags, our tags and our licenses and whatnot, all of that gets funneled directly. 100% of it goes back into the state coffers for wildlife conservation. That's why we have over a million elk today versus 30,000 in 1920. We have a lot, a lot of wildlife in America.
3: So hunting can be a cure for extinction for wildlife.
2: I'll, uh, let me, I'll plant one more seed and you can verify this for me because mm-hmm. I know it's true. Hunting in the legal sense that it is today
0: mm-hmm.
2: has not resulted in the extinction of any species. Rather, it has caused many, many species that were on the brink of extinction to come back to very sustainable populations. Have you heard of the markhor in Pakistan?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know what that is? The Markle?
3: What's the, what's the Markle?
2: It's a big goat that has big spiraled ant, uh, antlers. Ah, oh, okay. There were less than 60 of them 15 oh. years ago mm-hmm. due to poaching. They were just used as meat. That's all they were. They were looked at as a meat animal. Mm-hmm. This is going to shock you. A Markle today costs $200,000 to hunt wow americans will pay that do you know how many marco there are today i mean been so
0: wow
2: and you know why because they're valued at two hundred thousand dollars
3: well um what about the rhinos itself
2: rhinos where the, Where is the greatest population of rhinos on, in Africa right now?
3: If for hunting, hunting has been going on for a couple of years. Legal hunting has been going on for a couple of years now. And there was a point rhinos could be hunted. But why is it that you guys were not, even with your model, as sustainable as you make it sound, why is it that you guys were not able to save or increase the numbers <laughs> of rhinos? to a point where we, you can continue hunting them just like elephants.
2: So there are, it's same deal, CITES, there's only a certain amount of permits that any country can receive to export rhino, right? And so when it comes to hunting rhino, there's very few rhinos ever hunted. Like in South Africa, I think there's nine rhinos in the entire country of South Africa hunted every year. In Namibia, I think it's even less than that. If you had to ask where the most Where the highest population of rhinos are in Africa. Mm -hmm. 90% of the rhino population in Africa lives on hunting concessions, both white and black rhino. Why? Why are the highest populations occurring on hunting operations, even though Mm -hmm. you cannot hunt them? Makes you think. It's because, it's because those hunting operations value rhino, not from a hunting perspective,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but value them just like you do. They're majestic animals. They belong on the ecosystem. They belong as a part of it. And as a hunter, for instance, I'll tell you this, as a hunter, I'm not interested in hunting a rhino, but it would be so cool as I'm walking through the felt all day mm-hmm. to know that I'm walking in an area that has rhinos. So the value, the intrinsic value is not of that animal to be hunted or killed because there's other values. As you know, that's why you started wild now, that there's there's this aesthetic value, this value of this animal living on the landscape, proliferating on the landscape, growing its population. And that's what hunters want. We want to grow populations of animals, whether we hunt them or not. It's just the management of this area this habitat has so much biodiversity in it animals insects plants trees bugs and if you if you can if you can protect it and you can manage it and yes you're you're selectively taking a couple of animals that are of of age every year to be killed so that you can fund the entire operation that's our model of perpetuating wildlife uh, around the world, not just in Africa. We're talking Africa as an example, but Pakistan, New Zealand, Argentina, Spain. It's a, it's a model, just like ecotourism is a model.
3: Yes, that's very that's really interesting. Um, I think I will have more questions on the rhinos, but.
2: And I am happy to answer them. <laughs>
3: I think this is a conversation that, uh, because I'm also learning a lot besides uh, the few things that I knew. I think this is something that so many people need to know. So, if you come to Kenya and you want, this is just an abrupt ques- question, but if you come to Kenya, why do you think we should legalize poaching or, I mean, hunting? Why do you Stop think. Stop calling
2: it poaching, it's not poaching. A
3: government should be open to. Sorry? Well,
2: number one. Stop calling it poaching. It's not poaching. I hunting. apologize on
3: that. <laughs>
2: um, I think that hunting provides an additional tool
0: mm-hmm.
2: in areas of Kenya that ecotourism... Kenya is a phenomenal ecotourism destination. Okay. But I think hunting could provide a tool in certain areas where ecotourism may not be vi- viable, that may not be able to generate you talked about, uh, donations, right? You are a nonprofit. I'm a nonprofit. It's still unsustainable, right? We still have to go find the money every year. We still have to. And, and if the donor says Time out, I don't want to give anymore," more. We're yeah. like, Oh crap. Where are we? Right.
0: Yeah.
2: So I think that number one, it would bring another tool for wildlife management. Number two, it would certainly bring some economic investments. Into that part of the country that would be very sustainable and it would be done in a very scientific based manner such that the populations of animals. That is determined the quota of animals that are determined to be taken is very scientifically determined. It doesn't have to be all animals. It could be that for this area alone. Let's talk about your, uh, and I apologize, Lake Kipiri. Is that where you're from?
3: Lake Kipia.
2: Kipia, sorry, I apologize, Lake Kipia, that we say we're not interested in hunting elephants in Lake Kipia, yeah. but we're interested in plains game hunting. And what we will do is we want to keep elephants around, but we also want to mitigate human wildlife conflict around elephants. And so what the hunting operation will do is it'll generate funding for your chilies, for the bees, for some elephant proof fencing around the villages. And then all of a sudden now, we don't have to rely on the generous hearts of donors around the world to be able to do that. There's a model in which the management of wildlife occurs in that place that is tailored exactly to the desires of the community. And that's where, that's the key here, Somae, is, is the community-based natural resource management. The community decides, we want to live with elephants. Okay, fantastic. How do we help you live with elephants? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: You know this better than anyone. There's some communities that say we do not want to live with elephants any longer.
3: Yeah.
2: So I will offer this. Mm -hmm. We have been talking for. How
3: long now? Almost an hour. Almost
2: an hour. See, when you're having fun, time flies. (laughs) I will say this I want you to, I want to invite you back. I want to do this regularly. I think that this is needed i think more and more of this kind of stuff is is needed mm-hmm. and once this whole COVID situation
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> gets, get <laughs> out of here yeah
2: i think the best thing i can do
0: mm-hmm.
2: is show you i want to take you to namibia i want to show you what it I looks like i
3: don't I'll forgive you for seeing you killing an elephant. No, no,
2: we're not going to hunt. We're not going to hunt. All I want you to do is I want you to, you're not going to hunt. I'm not going to hunt. But what I want to do is I want to show you. I want to show you the model of what it does for people. And I want you to be able to open like we've having right here. I want you to be able to speak with the community and say, Mm -hmm. Why do you want hunting? Just a super genuine, authentic conversation with people on the ground.
3: That, that, I will really appreciate having that because when I watched your video, um, someone who really likes digging deeper from, I got this perspective of, I don't know if it's the rangers or the conservationists mentioning the benefits, and I wanted to understand the government's point of view of hunting in Zimbabwe. And they said there's no incentives coming from it. So I would want to understand because there are some communities that are against it, but that was not highlighted. So I don't really know what the truth is here. Are there actually incentives that, that are worth that motivating? Are you just saying that out of blood origins? I don't know. So I think that would be very interesting to hear it from them themselves. So yeah. if
2: you go on, if you go on our YouTube, there's a whole section of African delegates that we filmed from yeah. Ethiopia, Tanzania, Zimbabwe, Uganda, Botswana, Namibia.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Six of them. And that's not me, Blood Origins, pushing an agenda.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I just told, I just asked them the question, what does hunting mean to the people of your country? And obviously these guys work for the the, the wildlife parks. Um, and, but listen to them because those are the guys that you know work with the communities day in and day out and they give you a, an authentic genuine perspective on one hunting on one hunting means um
3: all right hopefully when covid is out of the way just give me a call we do our drive hopefully it'll change oh no we're mind.
2: not taking a drive we're gonna fly you mm-hmm. somewhere and i'm gonna show you
0: okay. be no
2: and 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 that's the thing right is that i don't expect you and I wouldn't,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I wouldn't believe me. Why would you, you're just talking to a stranger. I wouldn't believe me. You've got to, mm-hmm. you've got to always take things with a pinch of salt and you've always okay. got to verify and you've always got yeah. to start, you know, yeah. thinking, doing by yourself. But the best yeah. way to understand
0: mm-hmm. if
2: someone's being truthful is to go to the heart of the matter yeah. and is to go to Namibia and say, okay, let's understand this hunting operation let speak with the people on the ground and just ask a genuine question without any bias. You go up to the community leader and go, why, why hunting? Mm-hmm. And hear from them, right? Hear from the, the people on the ground, the mouths on the ground.
3: Okay. um Can I just conclude with the last question? Uh, it's a very, it's a very shallow question to be very honest, but it's always been at the back of my mind okay. uh, in terms of, again because you hadn't answered it on how we can do it or how you can think how can you can bring out hunting in a more ethical way or without all that brutality aspect of it is it fair and i i, I got this question from a colleague of mine and i thought about it like it's a really good idea let me just ask it out and hear it from the hunters themselves is it fair if you hunting can be considered without your weapon, the gun, but instead um, something that will maybe just make them sleep and have a slower death, but not really literally just killing them. Will that change the sport of hunting, what it's really made of, or can we do it in a more ethical way? Even Because even the elephants, the trigger and the sound of a gun triggers a whole heart. Even though you killed one elephant who was alone, the other elephants will be affected by that triggering of the gun. So, cool. is there a way that you can make this a bit more eco-friendly and at the same time um, less pain on the animal? I think. Pain- so I would
2: argue. I would argue that. The way that we—very
3: shallow question, sorry—but oh, I course. just oh, Of course,
2: to... no, no, no. That's a, and I appreciate you acknowledging that. To me, the way that we hunt, the way that we ethically kill an animal, is the most painless method possible. Oh.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It dies instantaneously. It does not realize it is not in pain. It's now. Don't get me wrong. People that shoot badly. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's not right. And, and we, that's why we train and we practice. It's not like we just go out there and start shooting. You know, we've Mm -hmm. been on the range for months prior to Mm -hmm. us going up there. Number Mm -hmm. two, I think shooting something with a, with an ant, with a sleep agent or putting it to sleep and letting it die slowly is actually more unethical than what we do. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I wouldn't be in favor of something like that. I think what a lot of people have Questioned is well why don't you just shoot with a camera right or why don't you just shoot with a dart gun put them to sleep and then let them wake up yeah. right well that does not bring the value to that animal it's an ecotourism thing so you would again. It, it's sliding into the ecotourism model of what someone wants to do and How many times would you have to, are you allowed to shoot an animal with a dart, put it to sleep, and let it wake up? That seems a little unethical, too. And the camera part, well, that's ecotourism. And when one is hunting, Mm -hmm. unlike ecotourism, you only see one or two animals a day, or maybe a dozen animals a day, whilst in ecotourism, you're seeing hundreds. And you're getting really up close and personal with them and being able to get the, the photography that you're, that you're after. So I would say that I think that the perception, and it comes back to perception, the yeah. perception of hunting is mm-hmm. unfortunately a result of the last 20 years of mm-hmm. graphical trophy shots that shows blood everywhere and it's, it's, it's distasteful. Yeah. And also, there's a bunch of videos running, let's be honest, there's a bunch of videos running around of people killing a bunch of stuff unethically, and that's the bad apple that gives us all a bad rap. And so, Blood Origins is being built to counter that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's to show the, you know, the kill, everyone focuses on the kill, and, and, and unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about it. That's the purpose of why we hunt.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But it's, it's 1%, maybe even less of the entire hunting endeavor the adventure, the people the consequence, the, the money plowed back into conservation the training the getting ready for the hunt the planning of the hunt the family, the traditions, taking my boys out and teaching them like what sustainable conservation is if you ask my boys, why do we go and trap um, predators here in America they will tell you It's not because we like to do it. It's not because it's fun. They'll tell you because what we're doing is we're saving turkeys and quail because there has to be a balance in the ecosystem. Every ecosystem is influenced by humans. And humans have a, you are, we are stewards of the environment. And because of that, we have to manage. So my boys, again, that's the point, right? That I know what I want to be as a hunter. And I'm communicating that to you. I'm communicating that to my boys, so that when they're raised as hunters, they can communicate why they hunt, not because they love killing. That's not it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's much, much, much more complicated and complex than that. And unfortunately the kill, and I've said this before, and this will get to your point. And I apologize for, for debil- you know this lengthy answer. The kill is, is anticlimactic in that imagine you, I've been going, I've been wanting to go to Alaska on the top of this mountain to chase the sheep. I've been training for 18 months. It gets to that moment where I'm ready to pull the trigger. When I pull the trigger, it's over. It's done, but that's why you do it. It's this finality of like this, this culmination of adventure. Now, Here's the, here's the kicker. If I could say to every hunter, what if I could keep you in that moment? If I could keep you right there in that hundred thousandth of a second, just as you pulled the trigger, because it's the chasm between life and death, what would you do? Would you pull the trigger? I don't know. Soma, you are amazing, number one. Thank you. Thank you for championing wildlife in Kenya. It's you're 19 years old and you speak like someone who has many, many, many years of maturity under their belt. So mm-hmm. I am, I'm excited for future conversations with you.
3: Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I think I've learned something new. Uh, 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 I still have a lot to grasp from all this, so I, I'll still be sending in questions, and we'll keep the conversations going. And it's 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 good to have such a well, I don't know whether to call it a debate, but a conversation with even conservationists to just bring out their perspective, maybe something you guys can also think about to even improve blood or, origins. You can even have conservationists telling their stories. So. I don't know. I think maybe we can tell your story one day. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe we can do it. Maybe when you go to Namibia, we'll do a story on how all this started and now where I stand and what I think of hunting because, of course, of the little that I've learned right now. So, um, I don't know. Quite interesting. I still don't know why you would kill something you love, <laughs> but...
2: That is um, the eternal question, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. we love
2: wildlife we love wildlife
3: do you really though do you really love wildlife robin
2: absolutely one thousand percent
3: i don't know whether to believe that but i'll accept it
2: yeah because i want to see more of it if i see let me say this i i have gone to the stand here in america let me use in america as an example i go to to hunt in america Mm-hmm. 9 out of 10 times i do not kill 9 out of 10 times i just sit and watch because i don't What about
3: know. your son? Do your sons love animals or they yeah.
2: just They love animals. They love seeing animals. They love seeing more animals like i do. We sit there and we watch the animals and we watch the deer and we we t- we teach them about how they're moving and why they're moving and why they're doing that and you know different times of the year um, because I've my freezer is full I don't need to I don't need to kill an animal here in America I don't need to kill an animal because my freezer is full and that's my the primarily the reason why I hunt here in America is because I do it for feeling my filling my freezer but there's also you know old mature animals out there that you never see but maybe 1 out of 20 times when you get in the stand that old mature animal presents itself. And you've been working so hard on the habitat and managing the habitat and providing healthy food for the wildlife that you're like, wow, that's the animal that I'm gonna be able to take because he's at the end of his life and he's produced and he's pushed all his genetics back into the wildlife population. So yeah, I absolutely love wildlife. I take care of wildlife. I put money into wildlife. I show my kids wildlife.
3: What is the objective of Blood Origins? I I think I kind of took a bit of it, but what is the objective of Blood Origins? I think,
2: let me ask you that question. What do you think the objective of Blood Origins
3: is? (laughs) From your Instagram, it's just clear that you really want to tell a lot of of stories on hunters and their attachment to uh, hunting and trying to give back to conservation. Not conservation, but communities with a few incentives that i took from instagram so i don't know Well, so i don't know have i got it right is that your objective really yeah
2: exactly well i would i would add to that you you absolutely did a phenomenal job thank you i I love that answer it's changing the perception around hunting it's conveying the truth around hunting that's it
3: that it's good
2: that in certain places around the world, it is a valuable tool that benefits wildlife and communities. And also, you know, people's spiritual health and, and all sorts of things. Remember, the spiritual health is not tied to killing. It's about being out there.
0: Okay.
3: I understand the thrill that you guys might get when you're participating in this, but Yeah, I think I still have a lot of research to do about it. But yeah, I think this has been a really good meeting. Sadly, I'll have to leave.
2: No, it's time to go. So I appreciate you.
3: One hour, 15 minutes. Wow. But it was amazing. Thank you so much for having me, Robbie. expect a lot of my questions coming in your DM a lot. And hopefully we can just have another session with more young people just bringing out their inquiries about this because i'm so sure if i'm to mention that i just talked to a hunter and he pointed out the benefits of conservation they'd be like what did you just say (laughs) (laughs) have you gone crazy so i think it'll be really good to just do this another time i'm
2: excited for it i'm excited for it you have a phenomenal rest of your friday and a great weekend
3: you too Roby. all right bye bye
2: ciao bye well that's it for today